Greetings and salutations. Uh, this is our podcast. We're excited to have you sharing with us. This is our ZBcast. My name is Jeff, and around the table I have some friends. Aaron. David. David. John. And, and so we're, we're going to share tonight. Bill a S. Preston. <laughs> <laughs> and Ted Theodore Logan. This is like an outtakes episode. Cut. <laughs> Splice it. Okay. Can I do my name again? No. Around the table we around the table we David. Have, <laughs> around the table we have Aaron. David. John. And we're excited to be able to share with you tonight. We're gonna to talk about being offended. And what that means because I think a lot of times I work. I'm already offended by David's behavior tonight. Yeah, well, aren't we all? Um, I know in life we all have situations where um, we can be offended or the people around us can be offended or we might be offending other people. What do you guys think? Is it is who's who? I mean, where does this whole thing of offenses? Where does that come from? Well, I think you know the the whole the whole the notion of being coming offended. Um, it's it's an interesting one, and it seems like we do get offended sometimes for things we shouldn't. Uh, I am very guilty of that sometimes. Uh, but and then there are times when I think we should be offended and we're not. And um, I, I think that would be an interesting subject to discuss at some point. But well, well, let's let's dig into that a little bit. What, do you, what what are some times that we should be offended that we're not? Well, um, uh, for example, in a in a serious worship service, uh, for someone to make it make a, a joke it really kind of disrupts the spirit and sometimes we're tolerant of that and we should perhaps be offended you mean like the the preacher or uh, I, different I, times i i've i've heard the preacher sometimes make a joke um i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of a concrete example and i'm, I'm drawing a blank actually but there have been a few different times where there was a, a strong presence of the spirit and and then there was just um, sometimes it's not even a joke. Sometimes it can be something else, and we kind of are just tolerant of it. It, it 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 it's like putting a wet blanket on the spirit, and then you know we just kind of go on. And okay, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, because we all we've all been part of uh, of uh, youth camps like that where the service goes right along um, as it should, and then something that somebody says it it kind of throws a, a wrench in it. I think yeah. youth, camp, youth camps that have. I, I remember one youth camp. Um, a young man. We asked. We asked him to offer a prayer, and it was at the beginning of a service. I think that service. I didn't remember which. And he um, used the used the phrase, um, talking to the Lord. I command you to send your spirit, or something to that effect. And I just about jumped out of my skin at that point, thinking, let's just not command the Lord to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's really not a good choice. Right. right. <laughs> and. Um, and, and, and so we, we, it's, but a lot of times people aren't willing to confront it because they're afraid of offending. And so I say, if that's what you're, if that's what you're going for, well, there are there are times when we're not willing, we don't want to offend the person who, to whom we are taking, we have taken offense, is one thing. Uh, there are times where well, apparently we've offended David. He's getting up and he's leaving. Getting up and leaving. There are times where we sit idly by when something so heinous occurs that we should be offended, we should stand up and take action, and we don't. And, and so I th- that's, the, that's the side of things that I'm talking about, where we... We're, 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 the problem is, is um, it's easy, the people who are more likely to, who are more inclined 
to confront people are those who have usually less legitimacy in doing so. <laughs> Probably so. I, I mean, the, peop- the person who's outspoken and will, will call somebody on something typically won't be listened to. It's the people who are going to be quiet are the ones that actually people would listen to if they were to call somebody on something. I mean, it's, I imagine at most congregations there are one or two people that you can all visualize that are the ones that are always, they're always saying, this is wrong or that's bad or this person did something wrong, and everybody just kind of rolls their eyes and waits for them to stop talking. But somebody else, if they were to actually address it, could make something happen. On the other hand, I think we often take offense much too easily. Um, I grew up in a branch where um, there was a kind of a, a, a to-do at one point because kids were making too much noise in the sanctuary, and people were offended by the noise in the sanctuary. And I, I was offended that they were offended. I mean, it's, it's circular. I mean, it's, it's, we all get offended, and then, then nobody talks to each other. And so sometimes I think we get offended over our silly little things. You know, for me, noise in the sanctuary is a silly little thing because historically we have more silence in the sanctuary than we've ever had, and I'm not sure it's a good thing. But anyway. Weren't you just saying earlier you didn't want people, like, messing with the spirit if it was, like, in the groove? You know, I uh, I did say that. I'm offended by I'm, you I'm offended reminding by, me of my I'm, words. I'm offended by you being offended by me writing your words. I'm offended that I haven't had a chance to talk yet. <laughs> well, go we're, ahead. We're, we're intentionally cutting you out, David. <laughs> <laughs> We've cut out some of your statements already. <laughs> so, David, what do you think? I appreciate you asking that. And since you're sincere and I can tell that, I'll let you know what I'm thinking. But when I go back to kind of the, the high level, uh, the whole being offended thing, I, I think of times when I've been offended. And if you think about a time when, when somebody has offended you and that emotion, that how you feel in your mind, and it, it always goes back to um, we feel like um, we are simply responding to what somebody else has done to us. Like it's, it's never something that I initiated. It's never my fault, but I'm just reacting to the way that you first acted upon me. And, and I think that that goes back to the whole, we, we lack a lot of responsibility in our society f- or for, for the ability to take responsibility for things that happen. And the easiest thing to do is just to be offended and, and to go your separate ways and allow that to be your justification for however you want to act. It, it, it turns your actions into reactions and thereby justify yourself. And that's, that's an easy path for people to take. Um, now, I, I think that that can apply on a lot of different levels. But I also liked what Aaron brought up, that, that there are situations that we should be offended as Christians when we sit and, and see R-rated movies and see the language and see what's put forth in our society. That should be offensive to us. And I know that there have been times in my life when I've been in it for so long that I no longer found it offensive. And it, it wasn't until God reached out to me and opened my eyes that I realized that exact conclusion that I, I have been um, – what's the word I'm looking at? Like I've been deluded to the situation and and – by his grace and the testimony that he's provided me now when when one thing in particular when people use the when people use the lord's name in vain that that is particularly offensive to me now i i rarely if ever say anything because as you guys know i'm very much non-confrontational and so i you know to be a righteous offense does that require a response you know is it my responsibility to then speak out against those people and i think one of the keys um talking about the righteous offenses is to be able to do it unemotionally if you're if you're calling on if you're calling somebody on something and you're emotionally involved in it then i think the the idea that you might be overstepping the 
the nature of calling. Of I mean, we don't want the we don't want when we're, when we're calling somebody on something. If we're doing it emotionally and charged, we're more likely than not quite not going to do it in a very loving and rational and reasonable way. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very easy just to spout off and maybe sarcasm or I mean just compound the, the what's going on versus if we're able to do it in a. I don't want to say detached, but in, a, in an unemotional way where we're just saying, hey, what you're doing right here, here's how it's grieving the spirit, or here's how it's causing a problem. And um, because I, I'm a follower of the Lord, I'm offended by those actions. And I need you to know that those things around me aren't going to be okay. But you have to be able to do it somewhat unemotionally. Otherwise, I think it, it clouds your judgment. And, and you're when just you mad. When you talk about offense too, when dealing with spiritual issues, it just doubles the likelihood that people are going to get offended because it's something that's per, spiritual experience is very personal issues, and and uh, it, it's a mixture of personal testimony and reason and logic. And so, it's not the reason and logic I think that a lot of times offends people. It's when they perceive that you're calling into question their own personal experiences or their own personal feelings or emotions, which they hold very sacred. And so. Um, it, it, it takes, I think for most all people, it takes a conscious effort to not be offended a lot of times. And some people are better at doing that than others, but that doesn't, that doesn't say that we don't all have the responsibility to do so. Well, and I think it takes a conscious effort <clears throat> to not be offensive. That's true. I think that there are times when people can be offended, and, and rightfully so, you know. Um, you know, maybe they could be they could choose to not be offended, and that would be the better the better course of action. But you know, if they were to stand up and say, "You know what? I'm offended by that," they have a they have you know a just cause, perhaps because we were someone was insensitive, uh, or said something that legitimately could be offensive. And so I think it it does behoove us to be careful how we speak. Um, and I I am a, an offender in that regard. In a, in a meeting just this evening. Um, I raised my hand because I wanted to say something. I started to raise my hand, and then I said, "No, I better not say something right now," because I knew that you know my my tendency is to be a little bit flippant, and um, it, it was not going to come out well. So I had I had to wait, compose myself, and you know find that more. Um, I just want to say you have grown so much, Aaron. I, I remember I remember a time when the two of us had to address a problem at a camp. And you so wanted to address it. And, and it wouldn't I'm have so been gl- flippant. It was going to be direct and hair-raising. And, and I'm so glad that you're, you're able to self-regulate. That's marvelous. Were you guys going to tell us what it is? You can't uh, make a statement I, like I that know. and not say. I, um, I think uh, there was a situation at a camp uh, that Aaron and I were directing, which narrows it down for a lot of people. We were at Mountain Camp. And um, a camper did something that to most observers would seem um, wrong on every count. I mean, it just, there was no, I mean, there was no right in it. And um, we were on our way to go address the situation. And, and we made an agreement and we, to we, not address it. We made an agreement to, to not like address it in a big overt way. And <laughs> our personalities are different. We could both, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to the fact that I can, I, I can, I can be offensive at times because I'm. I can be very opinionated. Um, Aaron, well, can, Aaron is very passionate as well. Well, which uh, could, could you describe the activity that this person was in? Um, I don't want to say too much. It was. It was nothing. He was nothing immoral, eth- unethical. It okay. wasn't. They weren't doing anything that was like unscriptural. But from a supervision standpoint, was dangerous. That's the best way to put it. I would Probably. say. Like. 
like the, like they were going to an unsafe part. We were at mountain camp. There's unsafe places. Okay. They were going to an unsafe place. They were doing some uns, something unsafe. They were not supervised appropriately. Oh, wh- wait, what, what? Now, what's mountain camp? Mountain camp. John, you're like a tabloid reporter. <laughs> mountain, mountain camp. <laughs> mountain camp was started probably about eight oh, years ago now. It doesn't matter when it started. It, what, it, what is it, was, it was. It was. It, mountain camp is a camp for. Young people that we go out to Colorado and spend a week hiking, having classes on the trails, and it's a little bit separation from a lot of what happens at other camps where it's just at a campground here around here. It's like it's a it's a journey. Okay. And like a lot. Of, so it's, I think we hiked twenty miles on the mountains. Yeah, we, we like, it's like a good hike. Yeah. So like, and Aaron and I were the we redirected it for the first. Three years, three or four years. Like I forget that. I forget now. And now Ben and Rochelle New have been directors, and it's still a wonderful camp. And so okay. this uh, was the I think the second year of the camp. And so um, anyway, this individual. So, so this individual is doing something foolish, and okay. not not like a, not immoral or, or wrong, but they were putting themselves in a place where they weren't able to be supervised in a safe manner, and they were old enough to know better. Uh, and so we were going to address it because this is all senior hires, and this was actually an upperclassman. So it wasn't like it was even a fourteen-year-old. It was somebody who really knew better than what had happened. And so we were, we're on our way in my my vehicle to go address it, and we pick up this individual and. Um, I, I, we passed him. We, we passed him. And we, 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 we find the individual, and I, and I, I tell Aaron, I said, no, okay, let's just... He, let's he just, knew me pretty well. <laughs> I, I knew Aaron well enough to know that if he were to say something, it would be very loaded <laughs> and <laughs> very passionate. And so I said, let's just, let's just chill out and kind of just, we'll just pick him up and talk and da, 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 and, said, and I said let's not say much and so he got in the car and I, I, I was I was chatting with the young man and just kind of sharing just kind of saying hey what's going on what happened and I was like kind of loosely digging into the story and Aaron's fuming <laughs> I mean not I think his, his anger was no longer directed at the individual it's directed at me <laughs> because I was talking to him hey, you were really getting him off the hook that's what you were doing <laughs> that's good see, cop, see, bad see cop. there's still passion there's still that passion after like five years Aaron is still wound up about it which shows why it was unwise for him to have talked at the time because it would not have been a pleasant conversation well, it would have been easier than the conversation we had <laughs> <laughs> and so we um, we got back to a safe place, and um, Aaron then let loose on me because I had I had shared with the young man and hadn't given him the silent treatment the whole time. Uh. <laughs> it wasn't the silent treatment. not to talk. And so it was a situation where I knew that I knew that Aaron, um, because of because of his passion, would have probably. Um, not made the situation better, <laughs> but would have made it possibly um, an uglier situation. And so that, that was my, my actions, and I wasn't trying to undermine him in any way. But <laughs> anyway, that was, that was one of our exciting adventures at Mountain Camp. But. Do you think we're more inclined to be offended by people that we know well or by strangers? I think we're more deeply offended by people we know well. I think we're more generally offended by strangers. A good way of putting it. Because yeah. I, I mean, if if I if I think if my if my really close friends if they were to do something, I mean they would have the ability to hurt me much 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 deeper than somebody I didn't care about. And that's that's me. I yeah. I mean I tend to not. I mean, I, mean I, I don't get offended terribly easy easily. And I but mean, but, I, but if I mean if if a good friend or a, a dear friend were to say something or do something that was offensive, it would hurt me much more because of that the level of trust. And you let down your guard, I think, around your friends, and so you don't, you don't put up walls. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't an offense really be generalized as a betrayal of trust? 
there's a certain level of trust we share with with everyone and that's why we can be offended by anyone but when we start to trust somebody more deeply then when they are when they offend us it's a deeper betrayal of trust yeah, like when I think about like at work or at school um, as a as a build as a principal of an elementary school there are a lot of people who think do things that are potentially offensive around me or to me or to my staff um, but some of them I I, I, I'm able to have a perspective that's different than if um, one of the gentlemen here were to do something like the same thing, it would be taken completely differently because I would have that level of trust with them. As a, as a fighter pilot, I've often been offended by my wingmen, but I choose to continue to <laughs> fight alongside them since we're throwing out professions. Okay, <laughs> okay Thanks, Maverick. And as a physicist. <laughs> anyway, no, okay. All right. We'll... we'll uh, um, we're, we're at 22 minutes, okay. so we have about eight minutes left to bring this back to whatever we were talking about. What do you guys think is the best way, um, if you're offended, whether or not you should be, but if you are offended, how should you handle that? I think the, the answer that I tell myself but find it difficult to practice is a lot of times, it, it, I think the straight answer is you, you have to, you're obligated to approach that person. Is that in, in no, is that, well, I'm thinking this through. Maybe I should well, have see, thought it before I, I spoke. I, I, but, you know, a lot of times when you're offended and it eats at you and eats at you and eats at you, the other person may be ignorant to the whole situation, and you're really the only one that's being beat down by the situation. And the only way, if that's the case, the only way to find resolution is to approach that person. Either you, well, I think you either have to decide, I'm going to let it go, truly let it go, or or if you cannot let it go, then, then you, I think you're obligated to approach that person and, and deal with it. I mean, for, right for all wrong. you know, for all you know, you misunderstood the situation. Right, which may be even maybe an argument for why approaching that person is even better than just trying to let it go. Well, and what and you could argue there are some situations that there's just no ambiguity. It's obvious sure. exactly what happened. Sure. Um, you might argue that uh, you wouldn't have to go say, "Hey, I was offended that you smacked my kid," because maybe there's no ambiguity in that, but. Um, there's uh, opening the opening the lines of dialogue. I think is helpful if you want to ever have a relationship with that person again. But if 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 you offended somebody, wouldn't you want to know? I would. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that it would be easy to hear. In some cases, I may know, but I think there may be a lot of cases where I would I would really like to know that I offended somebody because I feel terrible about it. Especially if it was somebody that I maybe had a relationship with and. For whatever reason that had gone by the wayside and you don't know why I agree I, well, I think but what if you just broken up with somebody I mean you clearly had your reasons for breaking up with them do you really want to hear what they thought about it that's an interesting take should we I would I think there are things I think there are things that need to be reconciled whether or not you're going to be in a relationship with somebody in that manner I mean, I, I think it might, it might depend on how. I mean, if you if you were like really rude, if you were rude or hurtful, I would. I mean, if I if I broke up with somebody, I'd want to know if I was hurtful in a way that, other than the fact that I just wanted to cease the relationship. Because there's there's things you could say. I know that um, there was a young lady that I dated back many 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 years ago. She now has several children, and so obviously she's gotten over me. Um, and for a while, that doesn't mean I, I it was know. easy. It doesn't mean it was easy. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that's not always indicative of getting over and I, somebody. And I, and, I, and I think I've gotten over her. And so anyway, um, I remember she was 
she was offended. And actually her husband, who was a good friend of mine, came to me and said, you know, one of the things you said really hurt her. And, and so I had to go and make reconciliation because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily what I what she took from a conversation we had wasn't what I had meant to say, or, and I, I mean, honestly, I didn't remember saying it, but it's, I mean, it's very possible that in my stammering, I said it. And so I, I still felt like I needed to address that, even though it's not going to change the conclusion of our relationship. It's still going to be concluded. Obviously the fact that they were married helped conclude it, but it wasn't going to change my intent to not be in that relationship. But yet I didn't want to have an offense in between us just because we were going to stop being in a relationship. Anybody in the church we want to be reconciled with. Yeah. And I think the script that, well, I know the scriptures talk about um, if you go to somebody and you try to work out an offense and you can't, the next stra- step is to go to the priesthood. And I think that's something that's important. And what's hard is sometimes people are at different levels of wanting to reconcile things. For a while, I attended a, a congregation that where a number of people took offense by uh, me playing extravagantly on the piano. I, I like to add stuff. Like with trills or what? Yeah, just adding stuff, yeah. Okay. I, I had, on more than one occasion, somebody say, I don't like it when you embellish the hymns. And I don't were like you it. offended? I don't, I don't like it when you embellish the hymns. Jeff was okay. the one that said it? No, no, I didn't say it. I'm just joking. I enjoy your I'm complaint. just joking. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it, you know, it was always a frustrating thing to hear, but that was a situation where somebody was offended in a somewhat day-to-day type activity. I think there's a lot of people that are, I, I people have gotten offended over interesting. I mean, I think there's a lot of day-to-day offenses that people take. I think in the, if you were to like have zero to a hundred of, of just interactions people have, I would say like the 20 near the zero are completely inoffensive. I think from about the 20 to about the 80 are things that people like a gray area of offense where people can get offended or they can, or they may not. And then there's another 20% of the far end that no matter what are offensive. And I think people, depending on where they're at on that, where, where their minds are, they might find everything from the 25 mark all the way to 100 mark offensive. Other people, it might take all, something all the way at the 80 mark to actually be offensive to them. And so there's, I mean, there's so many interactions that people have on a day-to-day basis that could potentially be offensive. Well, I think a good place that we can end this on is to think about what Paul said. And he said that if it, you think it's going to offend your brother, then don't do it. But if, it's, if somebody does something offensive to you, don't worry about it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good wise counsel. So ho- hopefully we've given you an opportunity to think a little bit, and uh, this will help you and your relationships with those around you. Until we are together at last in Zion, let us remain Zion-bound. <laughs>